Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. if it's a practice that's specific to your type it will be counter instinctive and you will feel afraid anxious or disoriented as you engage it that's a sign you're on the right path So Sandra, here we are again in Asheville as we record another episode of Heart of the Enneagram. Yes, continuing with our topic on myths and questions. We've gotten some great questions from listeners. We have, and you know, one of the areas that we folks, uh, we like to talk about and people ask us about is this idea of awareness and growth. And we've talked a bit about this before in other episodes, but just as a reminder that just knowing our type doesn't... uh, by itself in gender growth. We have to couple awareness with practice. And we have a a great question about that from one of our listeners. Yes. Hi, Chris and Sandra. This is Brian from Philadelphia, and I lead with type 9. I've been wondering, are there any particular types that are more likely to invite me to focus on myself and my own wants, who help me show up rather than self-erase, or who just help me wake up? Thanks. Brian, thanks for your question, and I am a fellow body type as one who leads with eight. And you know, Brian, eight, nine, and one is in the self-forgetting triad. So for all three of those types, it's about self-remembering. But I'm coming to understand that that's really my job and not another's, is I've got to remember me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and, and Brian you know, points out, even in his question, the tendency of the nine to look outward yes. toward other people's agendas. And it's understandable. It's completely understandable. And so, you know, for all of us, and in particular for Brian, uh, for you and a type nine, it's the work that y- you need to do is your work, right? Not others um, necessarily prompting that in you. To know, to know ourselves well enough, and the Enneagram helps us deepen that understanding. Um, it also helps us to see the kind of work we might do. So my work as a type 8 would be different than your work as a type 9, though both would be in the self-remembering realm. That's right. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, we often say for 9, you know, please exercise, get that breath in the chest because you get this bioenergetic charge and it just clears the fogginess that's in the mind. Moving in the body, yes. We've had previous guests who've talked about that very powerfully how that movement of being in the body invites that awareness, that self-remembering. It really does. And I know in our uh, spiritual dimensions season, Chris, um, when we had the nine exemplar, we really talked about and named uh, clear or clarity Mm -hmm. as something that when the nine is present and claiming themselves, they're very clear. Mm -hmm. They have a clarity of vision, uh, clear about their priorities. And so that's the alive heart that we talked about in that episode. That's right. That every nine has. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of uncovering 
or allowing it to emerge. Right. And that's part of what we're talking about in this episode is what are the things we can do, each of us, no matter what our type is, that will help that uh, live heart as for the for the nine, but for all of us, that awakened heart comes. Yes. Yeah. Let me, let me just add one more for Brian since he has sure. the question, but certainly you and I agree that uh, exercise, and that doesn't mean walking the dog, but exercising so that you really are breathing fairly heavily and, and really feeling that charge. The other is in writing. For some reason, when nines write and they're alone, they get very clear, I've noticed. You ever get an email from a nine and it's so clear? Mm-hmm. So it's like when they are alone and not merging with others, they get themselves back. Yeah. And that writing has great clarity to it. So I would just add that. I say that to folks who are nine too, is that separate from people mm-hmm. as a way to get clear mm-hmm. and remember yourself. So that's a great example, Sandra, writing. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, for me as an eight, I'll just name this, that... Uh, Exercise is also important for this type, mm-hmm. just simply to discharge excessive energy. Yeah, it's just uh, so important, or that energy comes out in ways we may not, others may not <laughs> appreciate. <laughs> Whoops! There's a there's a spike of energy Ka-ping! coming coming out. That's right. Yeah, and so exercise is also important, and I ha- I am learning to practice daily kindness to myself. Mm. And right now, my particular act of kindness is with the word later. Mm. Can I do it later? Yeah. Because if I continue to follow that lust of doing it now, I wear myself out. Yeah. And I can conserve some of my energy if I'll practice later. And that's been a fruitful practice for me. That's beautiful. Sometimes I'll encourage aids around this word soften. Yes. You know, as a way to kind of soften body and kind of soften self as a way to kind of be more open. I know that's that's counter in, instinctive, but that can be a practice as well sometimes for aids. Yes. And it's how will you do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's and right. um, this act of kindness allows me to soften too. Beautiful. You bring up a great word, Chris, counter instinctive, because we're kind of going against reptilian brain mm-hmm. and our instinctive energy to do a or be a certain way. So thank you. And for that's that. what these practices do yeah. is that we are literally rewiring the brain. Yeah. And we are not just being beholden to the reptilian brain, but yeah. really the higher brain. Right. So what about one practices for type one? Um, you know, sometimes one of the ones I say to, to ones, which again, easier said than done, but is to do something fun or something playful or something they really enjoy before getting all the, the tasks done on their list. Like starting there sometimes can be a way of really helping shift. Yes, that's a great practice, Chris. One similar to that, and I often use it when I'm working with people in organizations, is when you begin a task, you might begin one toward mid to late afternoon when the end of the day is a natural break before you finish that task. Mm -hmm. You know, ones are driven to complete the task. And ones who are practicing this will tell me that they have more clarity the next day and they have thought of other options. And the work, the task, when they complete it, is much better than it would have been had they continued in their drivenness to complete it the same day. So the interruption actually yes, gives them exactly, some perspective. Yeah, what you were saying. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes just a, bre- a natural break helps one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we always say, uh, get out of town. 
exactly that's exactly right. Get away from your area of responsibility so that you uh, shift your focus of attention that way. That's very true. You know, and a practice, of course, for every type, Sandra, that I recommend is uh, deep breathing. Mm. I mean, and I think about that for one, partly because ones can have a tendency to hold that tension in their bodies. And so sometimes that breath, those deep breaths can allow, again, a kind of relaxing and a receptivity in a different way, which can be really helpful. Right. And, you know, ones have that tension in the shoulders and neck and And, jaw. And that shallow breathing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Your triad, Chris. Yeah, the, the heart, heart types. The tendency of the two, of course, is to is to go with uh, what's where their needs and trying to meet those. And so, of course, one of the practices, literally, is to ask, um, "What do I need?" Yes. Uh, certainly, and then also, um, "How can I ask someone directly for that?" And it's sort of the question of like directly asking for needs, of course, rather than the tendency to. Um, in a manipulative sort of way or mm-hmm. a way of getting to give mm-hmm. or giving to get. Yeah. Um, so that's one, sort of getting clarity. What is it that I need? Those are great practices. One of the things that I recommend is simply a question. When you're getting ready, you feel that impulse to, to move up and out to help another, to just ask, am I helping because of my need or has the other invited this? Beautiful. Because then I know if I'm being clean or genuine in my giving or if I'm looking for appreciation. Yeah, and that reminds me, I often will encourage twos to ask before Mm. they give, which is another great kind of awareness. Oh, wait, my impulse is to give. Is this something that you need right now? Let me check in with you about that. Nice, Chris, yeah. Well, what about three? So for type three, you know, it's uh, I often say it's uh, relax the the natural tendency to do and boy way that is way easier said than done yeah um so you know practice sometimes i think about for uh threes is a sat some sort of sabbath practice is Mm. can i set aside or create time in my week or in my day where i really am not doing anything Mm -hmm. and and there's an uncomfortableness that comes can come with that but it also helps one begin to just be a little bit more recognizing the gift of being being with self right as well as being with other and, you know, threes may want to try half day at first just yeah, to kind of for work, sure. work that muscle. Sometimes an hour, <laughs> 10 <laughs> Maybe minutes. An hour. I know a three panel I was interviewing the other day. I said, well, how do you all relax? And probably 70% of the panel said work mm-hmm. because when I'm working, I feel good. My juice is flowing. I feel relaxed. Yep. Or if they are playing and relaxing, they might be climbing a mountain. Right. It's still still in that yeah. accomplishment sort of yeah it's really so tough. it's like, are there ways to not do yeah, yeah very hard just catching oneself in that way what about your own type chris what are some of the things that you're doing well you know a natural thing for me uh is uh, a gratitude practice mm. um and we you know some of that is a very concrete gratitude like just recognizing the things that are present the things that are here mm-hmm. not what's missing and it helps me really delight in my day and the people that I'm with, the work that I do. Uh, and there's also that just having a, a, a general sense of gratitude. Um, 
you know, and can I can I live in the world in that way more so? Um, I'll give you an example too, just a recent one of sort of way of catching myself. It's you know, I was driving down the street and I noticed uh, someone's yard that was really beautiful, and I thought, oh, I'll never have a yard like that, you know. And it, that envy comes up, right. and it's just kind of recognizing, and I'm actually kind of laughing a little bit about that, <laughs> you know, and then saying immediately, I love my yard. My yard is beautiful. Mm. And that's a practice for me. It's coming back to what is there and what's wonderful and can I appreciate it? Oh, that's great. Mm. And Chris, I know that you are one who dances and you participate in interplay. And I know that's really helpful for fours to move their body, especially when they're in, the, in that dark side of the moon yes, place. absolutely. And just kind of low or melancholy. Mm -hmm. It really is moving the body in a different way. Mm -hmm. I'm always saying, go get some drum beat music and dance to that so that you get a rhythmicity in your body. Yep, that's have you, good. Have you found that yeah, to be helpful? For sure, and yeah, for sure. And for sure. I mean, uh, I actually, the one of the things I've learned is that when I know something is life-giving for me is I do a little dance. So somebody, I have a conversation on the phone with someone and I'll hang up and I'll dance around Yay. my office or my home. And that just tells me a lot. And it gives me that where that energy moves. It's beautiful. Mm, that's yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. So those are the heart types, and then we move into our head center of intelligence, the head types. And what about fives, Sandra? What are some practices that might be helpful for fives? Well, you know, for five, the type that is most private, most reserved, and less likely to initiate, I often will encourage them to initiate one thing a week. Mm. As well as, because of this mentality of scarcity, I will ask them to practice saying thank you more often. That's lovely. And those are the two things that, that um, I typically offer mm -hmm. uh, right off the cuff, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. So another practice, Sandra, that I will recommend to five sometimes is, you know, their tendency can be to uh, say no when they get an invitation. If they don't know how long it's going to be or what kind of energy it might take. And so sometimes just saying yes, I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm not sure. What's but just every once in a while, I'll just say, well, okay, sure, I'm going to go. <laughs> it's a great practice. It is. It's almost like a practice in spontaneity. Yes. And, of course, fives and ones are the two types that are the least spontaneous. So yeah. anything to, to get that going would be a good practice. Absolutely. What yeah. about type six, Andrew? Yeah. You know, sixes are those folks much like five who like predictability, and so they're researching. Mm -hmm. They want to gather all the information before they make a decision, and oftentimes simply to trust your intuition or trust yourself and make the decision before you think you're ready. Yeah. And what sixes tell us when they do that is that, lo and behold, the decision was just fine. Yeah. And the other is to remember their successes. This is a type that forgets how good they are, how successful they've been. That's great. Uh, and remember the successes, keep a list in front of you, and add to the list. Oh, that's really great. I love, too, the I'll, sixes will tell me that if the times, that you've just named this, but the times that they've moved forward without knowing what might happen mm. in the face of uncertainty, those have been the greatest gifts for them. Mm -hmm. And so when they can just say, well, can I trust myself? Or I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to step out anyway. It's a beautiful practice. The other that sixes tell me, again, this is true for so many of us, but in, but in terms of being in our bodies, but because the six mind is just going so rapidly, sixes will say that one time they can really begin to quiet that mind is running, being in mm. their bodies, mm -hmm. shifting that energy of their bodies can really help quiet. 
Definitely. This is a high anxiety type and they have to take a walk or bike or run every day just to lower the energy. Yeah. It's very important. Absolutely. Well, what do you offer as practice for seven, Chris? Well, you know, sevens are really focused on possibility and option. Uh, and so sometimes I will talk about can I'll invite sevens to think about how limitation actually might be a gift for them. And of course, mm. they, they about want to pull my hair out when I say that. But what are ways that limits actually can provide more freedom? So kind of being curious about that. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing I recommend. I like that. Sevens are folks who, um, like six and five, are curious. And they go future positive, And they have all sorts of ideas. And... Um, I, I tease a lot of sevens when I do a seven group. One of the exercises I'll ask them to engage is to twice in a week follow another's agenda. Mm. It's like death for a seven yeah. because, you know, it's like I've got this idea. I see the vision. Let's do it. They've got energy for their ideas, but not quite flexible or energy for another's. And so if they can practice a little other referencing by following another's agenda. It works a muscle that doesn't get used. I love that. I love that. I also encourage sevens to notice their Tim when they tend to uh, boot out of a project or, or something they're working on because, you know, they're bored or getting toward the quote unquote monotonous part of it. And it's like, can you stay with, can you mm. stay with a little bit longer, even when it feels your tendencies to want to leave? But what's the, what's sort of the gift of staying with? Mm-hmm. The last seven group I had, I realized five minutes before we were to end, everyone's feet were moving. Mm. And I just burst out laughing. I said, now, friends, we've got five more minutes. So let's see if you can bring the energy to the midsection of your body because you've got a lot of energy in your hands and feet beautiful, right now. Beautiful. So just bring it into the middle. And, of course, they laugh, too. And, and just stay right here. That's Be right. right here. That's right. So seriously, it is an energetic movement if you can bring the energy in. Mm -hmm. If you lead with type 7, it's so helpful. Yeah. Whereas it's just opposite for 5. We didn't name this, Chris, but for 5, the energy is kind of tucked in if they can move it out. Yep. Uh, it's always helpful. Absolutely. The body will save us. Oh, every the time. The body will save every us. Every time. And I think we don't talk a lot about that in much of teaching. And certainly in the Enneagram world, that's a place that we're we're exploring more and more. But real transformation comes through the body. It's just so clear. It is. And we say this in a lot of the narrative programs, but from the school of noetic science comes these four essentials for embodied transformation. And the first is, of course, an intention. Mm -hmm. And the second is attention. How will you pay attention? Yep. And, of course, those are the strategies. And the, the, sec the third is repetition, which means continue paying attention in those same ways. And then the last one, of course, is guidance and support. But th if those four are in place, uh, that gives you the container you need to make a shift. And, you know, Sandra, those are great practices, and those are named in a wonderful book that you and I both love called The Essential Enneagram. Yes, by our mentor and friend David Daniels and also Virginia Price. And they do mention some practices in the toward the end of that book in addition to what Chris and I have just named. And there are plenty, uh, but remember, if it's a practice that's specific to your type, it will be counter-instinctive, and you will feel afraid, anxious, or disoriented as you engage it. That's a sign you're on the right path. That's right. If it feels good to you, it's probably not counterinstinctive. That's right. So this growth work really is 
there's a bit of discomfort that we're all going to experience in growth, and that's okay. Well, let's support each other in our discomfort. Absolutely. That's <laughs> so true. We, we do, do that all the time, we don't do we, Sandra? That all the time. We need each other because if we're going to grow, that, that fourth piece of the uh, embodied transformation, we need support. Mm-hmm. We've got to have support to make these changes. Uh, we don't grow in isolation. That's right. We have to know as an as a good eight uh, wants, of course, we all do, which is somebody to have our back. That's somebody right. who's with us, supporting us, loving us, encouraging That's us. That's right. Yeah. So this has been a wonderful conversation about practices, Sandra. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you. So with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders. And special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.